Hi guys, welcome back to the original Judo podcast. I'm James Austin and it is great to be back. We had a few weeks off uh, trying to get stuff together. Coming back to you after the recent European Championships, and I'm sure we're going to get into that today. Uh, but we're also going to look uh, quickly at the French under 73 kilo situation. As we start to head in towards Paris, we're going to keep this uh, selection nightmares uh, going, looking at French under 73 kilos. I'm delighted today to be joined by Caleb Drysdale. He is a fellow member of Hardy Spices. Um, he drags me around enough times on a, a Wednesday to earn his place here after giving me a proper kick in over the last couple of weeks. How, how are you doing, Caleb? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and I'm really honoured to be here today and to get taught my opinion on judo, so thank you for having me. No, it's an absolute honour to have you on. Um, have you managed to watch much of the judo over the last couple of days? Well, to be honest, I was literally going to do my little research on um, the Europeans because obviously now we get the charge of the 100 euros, so I really just use um, a fellow subscriber called Judo Highlights and I just watch through them because we at the moment only really got to what 60s and 66 but really 73s 81s I only got to skim through and only watched the final block of the 81s and obviously under 90s was very interesting as we can say so yeah any results come out of this weekend that surprised you um I'd say Cassie's early exit you know that was a big upset but um we got a wild card of um, um, Peter from Moldova winning a bronze for 73s. Then you have Mayadov, of course, winning 90s, being Bakuri and Mazarede losing to Zank first fight. So that was a crazy one. Obviously, Garagos in 60s. But, um, yeah. And obviously, to say as well, I didn't really touch on the women's, but it's probably a fair few upsets there as well. I think one of the big things that came out for me from the whole weekend is that France, the French team re-established themselves a little bit as kind of the European powerhouse. Um, yeah, the domination was there still, 100%. Domination was there. And I think we've seen it with the heavyweight or heavier French women over the last few years. Yeah. But this Europeans, they took nine medals, five golds. Um, all seven of the women, like, got a place in her medal. Um, Clarice, bit of a surprise, only taking a seventh place. Yeah, well, she is coming back. I could see she had a, a lot of um, long fights, so I see where she could take it as a learning curve, as we were saying. Obviously, it's better to mess up in Montepella than messing up in Paris, but um, there is a big upset in under 78. Like, the women did it even to Kimo. She um, lost in the repertoire. She also had... Um, Malonga as well. She did. Did she fight? Um, let me double check. She did fight, and then she lost to um the young U Ukraine girl in first round. So that, that's another upset for France. They're a bit uncertain what they're going to do in under seventy eights. You've got to think that this time next year, coming Olympic Games, a little bit earlier in the year, coming Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. Um, they've got positive as well. They're probably going to get it right at seventy eights. Whether they be top of the table, I don't know. But, yeah, I think there's a medal there. And as well, um, Gahi um, putting her back, back south in, um, yeah. back in the top yeah. spot. So, obviously, Definitely she's winning. I was, I was surprised that she beat the Russian girl. I thought she was going to win, to be honest. But great domination from her, to be honest. 
yeah, and, and again, like back definitely puts ourselves back in the picture as the number one. Want to talk? Want to talk today about seventy-three kilos? It is one of the categories where the French preps haven't got uh, a clear favourite, or certainly someone who's got a clear medal chance. Yeah, um, and they've got two athletes, uh, Gabba, Jean-Benjamin Gabba and Benjamin Axis, who are probably a little bit ahead of the rest of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'd be great to get your take on which of those guys is ahead um, and then maybe what the landscape looks like going forward. Well, obviously, you have um, Benjamin Axis, who's ranked um, 29 in the world. And then you have Gabba, who is now ranked, um, let me double check, 36. Yeah, just yeah. behind 36. Just after the um, weekend, obviously, had an early exit, losing in Golden Score with an Ipan. Obviously, Axis and Gabba have fought once, and that was in front of the home crowd. And um, Axis did put out a dominating performance. But um, I feel um, France have took a favour to the young Gabba, even though he's already got one bronze medal at a Grand Prix. And obviously, he's got a few places here and there. But I feel that eventually they're going to go with access because obviously experience. But also, you got to mention as well, France do seem as it being open due to Legrand even stating that he feels that like he could um, qualify for Paris 2024 as well. So there is a third one in the mix. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough one to say. But at the moment, if I was being France, I would choose access to go due to the experience and the age of the player. I, I, I completely agree. I think uh, Gabba seems to be in favour at the moment. He, he's he got the world selection this year. He's got uh, European selection as well this year. Um, and, and as well, I think um, what put him more in the limelight is obviously him beating Hashimoto in that first minute exchange in the team event. Because obviously yes. he did clear upon. Yeah, that was a big that was a big upset. You know, I can't forget that one still. Big Ichimara. Definitely. Um, does that put him in a good place then, really? Because, again, Hashimoto's already been selected and has to start as one of the favourites for, for the title in Paris. I'd say it'll be a bit of like a, a childish um, like aspect to it if you're saying, oh, it'd be Hashimoto. Like, obviously, to say at, at the end of the day, like, whoever turns up on the day. So, like, yeah, for, for example... He had Ono losing in the Olympics to one of the German boys. That wasn't expected, but on the day when it's individual, it's a different story. It's about who turns up on the day. Obviously, you've had a head-to-head with accesses of thought. We don't know what's happened behind closed doors in the French national team. So, touching on Hashimoto being a favourite, I don't think he's going to be the favourite to be Paris or a medal. I don't think he will win it. So... I I am inclined to agree with you. I think at the moment, Axis, he's ahead in the world ranking. He, he maybe hasn't had the selections this year, but he, he's got a Paris bronze from, from last year. He's down to compete in Perth um, in a couple of weeks' time, or in a, it might even be this weekend. You know, yes, so this weekend, I think, I'm sure. Which I think, going off last year, there's a lot of points at stake in Perth, um, a lot of Olympic ranking points, um, which will stand him in good stead because... Again, last year, the depth of the event wasn't as high as some of the other uh, kind of Grand Prix points events. Yeah, um, is it um, 
was that you touching on the Europeans' point, points that they're giving out this year? So I think they're giving out Grand Prix points again, uh, or yeah, European Continental Championship points again for, for Perth. Yeah, and I think Perth is, more, Perth is more than Europeans, I'm sure. That's what I got told by um, Fitz. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of points at stake. Yeah, um, 100%. So I feel that if Axis does medal, it does put him in a better stead in the actual ranking, but we did still, as we say, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors. You've, you've mentioned the third name who uh, came out of the blue a little bit, perhaps just over a month ago. Um, Hugo Legrand announced his return to competition after eight years. He competed in the Prague European Open. He's then gone on to compete in the Malaga European Cup. Um, I missed that hasn't one. Made, hasn't made waves straight away. Like he's won a couple of fights. He's had a long time out, you know, but he he's only 34. He's, he's not significantly older than, than uh, Axus. He's got an Olympic medal. He's got a couple of world medals. Is he seriously in the picture? Um, on 400 place at this time of the year when you put it half at the end of the year, it's um very tough to say. Like unless there's gonna be a big um fight off event when they do a national event when they'll have to fight head to head, get decided on the day. I'm not really putting him in the limelight unless he gets a big selection and does well there. But at this moment, current time with what we're seeing. Phil is a bit out of place. Judo has changed to more of a tactic sport, more of a domination. So I feel like if he doesn't adapt quickly, very hard for him to say, oh, he's in the limelight at this quarter moment of time. There's, there's been a bit of a, uh, I, can, I don't know if it's a fashion for some of the older players to kind of make these big comebacks Um Lee fought a few months ago. Phil Moser has had an event this year in her forties. I think Lee's in his forties. Um, the grand—I mean, he's a youngster, relatively only thirty-four, but hasn't competed for eight years. I love it. I think it means I've—I've I've probably got another Olympic cycle in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> are these guys thing. still able to compete? Or again, as the judo world moved on so much? From what I saw from um, the Korean, um, a great Olympic champion, I feel his judo is tactically ready, but it's, as I said, it's the exposure and the time that they're doing it. Like, we're now in November. It's not even October. We're touching into January. There's only Tokyo Grand Slam left and some opens. So it's all about what they do between January and March. And it's a never-say-never game. Like, as we all know, it's whoever turns up on the day, so... I feel if they have the exposure, they have the opportunities, it's it's not there for, for the taking. It is like it's always there for the taking, just how how they get the exposure and the opportunities to go and take that because we all know judo selections are very bad. Like, for example, in France, Axel Kerger had to talk out just to get um selected to go to Nighters. So there's another standpoint of even in France, there is a lot of politics behind closed doors when it comes to selections. Definitely. And to wrap up today's show, you know, we've we've talked about who's ahead. Who do you put your money on? Who would you select? If the event is in two weeks' time, who do you go with? 
because I, I, I feel Gabba will, will take access to spot at the end of the day, but right now, I feel the experience and the timing and his transition period from junior to senior, access is more stronger. Obviously, he's a European champion as well. Like Strength is there. Love it. I, I'm going to throw the old guy in the mix. I think it will be Legrand. If he if he's serious and if we see him in um, the Grand Prix at the start of the year, is it Portugal? Yeah. Yeah, if he, if he gets a European Open, if we see him in the Grand Prix at the start of the year, I could see him closing that gap and getting the selection. You know, if, if he picks up a medal at Grand Prix level, you know, he's not going to be a million miles away. Yeah, so we'll call that the wild card. I'm going with the wild card for this one, Caleb. Definitely. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, Thank you guys, for having me. It's appreciated. No, anytime. We'd love to get you back on, uh, maybe chat about a couple of the other weight categories with Superbook 57s or, or, or some of the others. Um, but guys, uh, you know the score. Like, subscribe, get in touch, tell us what you think. We'll catch you soon.